Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. We have a great show lined up for you today. Look at everybody. Look at. You know, this is so cool for me. Uh, Benny, you know, I'm having a few uh, surreal moments, yeah. right? O- mm-hmm. Almost like uh, flashbacks, okay. so to speak. Mm-hmm. So to speak. Been there. Uh, I know what you mean. Uh-huh. Totally. You know what I mean, sure, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And somebody said to me something the other day, and today's show is is the reason I answer the way I answer. Somebody said to me the other day, "Man, like you and Benny." What's going to happen? Like, you're going on like almost two decades. And they're like, don't you have a, you know, like, don't you want to like, do you want to keep doing this? And I'm like, like, are you talking, what? That was a like, big dramatic talking- pause, by the way. That was very I, well played. Was that good? Yeah, that's excellent. It was like, I was like, <laughs> like, are you talking about ping pong? Or are you talking <laughs> about what I love to do? And one of the things that I realized is I don't talk about how important this is, right, to the team here and to me. I don't talk enough about how it came to be important to me. I don't talk, I think one time, Benny, maybe one time in the time you and I've been together, I shared information from my sacred journey you know, my rite of passage. Mm -hmm. I think I read from my journal from that experience. That was the last time I think I talked about it. And I think my guest today is going to be able to help us understand things better. Erica Buenaflor joining me here today. And we're going to be talking about sacred energies of sun and moon. We're going to be talking about shamanic rites of curanderismo. I think I did that right. Um, I'm trying, I hope I did that right. Um, but we're going to be talking about something very important from an energetic perspective, but from a shamanic ritual perspective. Because when I came back from my first quest out in the desert with my mentor during that time, when I came back from that, I wasn't the same. But I couldn't explain it. I could not explain it. You know, I came back from that, my first one, and I was seven years into an an educational program. And I came back from that, and I was different about what I was studying. I mean, I changed, literally changed. And I never knew how to talk about it. And then I started to do the show in 2003. And everybody knows, you've heard the story, I dialed the wrong phone number, I didn't hang up. But I think, I think Eric is going to help me with this today because I don't have a logical reason. I don't have a logical answer to this person's question about how much longer do you plan to do it? Now, this, this, this friend of mine is not like you all, the listeners, so you all know I have another show which I'm starting. We're going to boost it called Power Up with Dr. Pat. 
you also may not know, I'm going to be doing a show with Mark Anthony called The Psychic and the Doc. So if anything, what's happening, I'm doing more of this. So my friend who asked me about that just looked at me and Benny gave me one of these. I thought she was going to like fall over. <laughs> but I don't, have an, 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 I don't have an explanation. But when you read this book, Sacred Energies of the Sun and the Moon, when you read this book, when you hear with my guest today, what she has to say, you will get an understanding of things that are sometimes hard to explain. Erica, it's great to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Pat. Did I, how did I do with that? Karenderismo? Karenderismo? Yeah. That's, did I do Karenderismo? Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you for being so kind about that. Um, I wanted to share that story because I find myself sometimes at a loss for words around things that have happened, you know, things that I participated in that have had, I don't know how to talk about them, that have had mega effects on me. Some people have said it's in my sun and moon. Some people have said this. Some people have said, you can't really do anything else, Pat. You'll get sick again. But I want to ask you from, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not kidding. I know you're laughing like, you're probably like, yeah, you will. No. <laughs> but you talk about this in the book. I mean, you talk about creativity. You talk about new beginnings. You talk about how we can energize our field. Now, I have to tell you, when all that stuff was happening, I wasn't doing this. I, had a, I was clueless. But what is it about your journey, your life? What challenge did you literally have to get past, overcome, walk through on fire. What did you have to do to get you here this very moment and talk about this? One of the biggest challenges that I had um, was when I had a, a catastrophic injury in 2005. You know, I didn't ground myself after a very deep uh, journey you know, I, I realized I was running late for uh, my flight <laughs> and I was very late. I, I, I slipped and I fell off a cliff and I woke up with a skull fracture, brain hemorrhage, left AC dislocated, two vertebrae in my back fractured. I completely shattered my coccyx, left leg I fractured it in three places, right leg, knee down, all of my bone shattered and came out of my heel. Um, and they, you know, the doctors told me all kinds of horrible things that I was going to be in pain the rest of my life. Sorry, you know, your coccyx is shattered. Can't do anything about that. Um, and I got also, also got severe osteomyelitis, which is an infection in the bones. Yep. So I lost half the bones in my right ankle. Wow. So if I walked, it was going to be with some kind of assistance. And there was still a question mark. And I remember when they told me everything that was going on, I had to decide I had to decide whether I was going to finally embrace my don. And that's uh, a word that's commonly used in curanderismo traditions. It's a gift of healing. It's a gift of healing from God, which I, I feel we all have. And I, I decided it's like, I can't stop doubting this because I had already been mentoring seven years prior to this. And at this time, I was living two lives. I was living the life as an attorney. You know, I was uh, doing my social activism as an attorney. And I was a curandera mentee. You know, I was finding, I was using, you know, my, my 
career as an attorney to fund my mentorship in, in Mexico um, for curanderismo. But I was still very much disassociated from myself. You know, it was still, you know, even though they were, it was very much in my heart, but it was at that time I said, I can't do this anymore. I have to start weaving myself back in. And it was a healing process. It's been a soul retrieval process. And, you know, it was, it was during those journeys that, you know, I'd go and I, I remember going when I went to Chichen Itza the first time down the Yucatan. And this is the uh, time where you could climb the temple. Yeah. I remember it was in, in, in middle, it was in the middle of, um, it was at the high noon. And I remember I was, you know, taking shelter inside of a little temple at the top. And I remember I was just going into these deep meditations and I saw my ancestors. I saw them engaging in what we call in yoga um, or what's called in yoga asanas you know, body postures. And I started seeing the pictures of the deities and I started realizing what they were tuning into and how they were accessing these energies with their bodies. And I, this is just a simple meditation. It wasn't, you know, with the help of any, you know, it's just a meditation. No, I, believe me, I do know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. It was, I, it was, I mean, I totally get this. It was just, you know, just constant downloads. And, you know, and I, I would write about it and I would go, hmm, that's very interesting. But there was a part of me that I wouldn't do anything with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, no, was, I do know what you mean. Yeah. Because something's up with 2005. I'm just saying. <laughs> There's something up with 2005. We're going to have to look at this a little closer, maybe off air. Because I came down with a mystery disease. And I, I mean, I don't think falling off a cliff is a metaphor. That's just me saying. But it is, in a sense... Can we call it a wake-up call? Yes. Is that absolutely. too brutal? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. okay. No, absolutely. Okay. Because I like now, all right, oh, my God, I'm getting a text message from my relatives down in South America. I'm not even going to tell you what they're saying about my pronunciation today. Um, they're like, you need to take Spanish again. Um, so I'm sorry. <laughs> um that's the story behind that. I didn't even know that my grandfather was born in Brazil. So that's a whole nother story. But it's another story in that it's not. Because this wake-up process, let's just talk. I don't know what else to call it. Let, let's use your language for a minute. Do you find that it literally puts you on a new dimension? in your life for a higher order of messaging. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, somebody, okay. you know I was doing um, my virtual book signing tour and somebody asked me a question on Sunday in the chat board, you know, how are you so inspired to constantly putting out books? And I kind of felt like, do I have a choice in this? I do and I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what is, you know, the yeah. uh, breath of free will, yeah. Yeah. you know? And I just, I just said, you know, it's, it's, I, I make I make requests. It's like, okay, I need a little downtime, guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't think you heard me talk about the last, um, the, I don't think you heard the last hour, but I was talking about the fact that I am getting asked over and over and over again to, one, do some more. And then some people are looking at me and saying, like, you know, how long are you going to keep doing this? And I don't have a good answer, but you just answered it. I think when we have a notion of guidance in the world, I think when we get the realization that there is free will, but then there's this other thing. 
you could call them the voices. You can call them experiences. You can call them being drawn to something. But for me, there's something that started to operate in me stronger. I think it was always there, but stronger. And I think that's what I'm asking you. You know, do you look at this and you look at what you're talking about today, especially in the sacred energies of sun and moon? Um, do we look at this and we ask ourselves, are there things we can learn about the rights of power? And see, that's a word I started to use again. That's also a word in my corporate career. As a woman, you never were really allowed to say. That's for real. But you talk about rights of power. And I want to talk about the book itself, because I think we don't understand the power of the sun and the moon. And it's powerful, isn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, take us on a journey about this. Take us on a journey about your training and what light it will shed to handle the well, craziness of the world right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> you, you know, the, well, the book, it's, um, it's very multidimensional in the sense that I, I, I gather from various sources and I put yeah. them in dialogue with one another. You know, of course, my own personal experiences, but I also look at various mythologies. I, um, of course, you know, a lot of pre-contact colonial, earlier colonial um, being 16th, 17th, 18th century. Um, I also look at a lot of the artwork, the sacred topography, um, the items that are used in the artwork, how they're represented, their body postures, and also the genders that are that are being performed in a lot of these ceremonies and how they're discussed. So I look at all these different things and and I put them in dialogue in the sense of like, okay, what can we learn about this? What can we learn about this? Um, and, you know, because one of the things to understand is that, you know, you're talking about hundreds of tribes, yeah, hundreds of tribes, even just, just in Mesoamerica, just yeah. in Mesoamerica, right? Yeah. So what I was looking for is I was looking for consistent. I was looking for something, you know, threads, threads throughout all the stories. And it's like, oh, okay. One very common one was that there was a quadripartite division, you know, four division, right? That there was sunset sunrise, zenith, nadir. And then there was solstitial, you know, the, the, the summer, you know, summer, yeah. the winter, two east, two west. So there's, there's, that's something that was common throughout. You know, I looked at that, it's like, okay. And that was even the topography that was in their mythology. And then within there's all these nuances with all these periods. And I was looking at the ceremonies that were performed, you know, so in, for dawn, there was understanding and even in the language, it, even the language, I look at language too, and yeah. what that meant too, in, in terms of creation, um, Dawn was very much associated with something creating, something being reborn. And in that sense, being revitalized through a rebirth. And, you know, and, and you can see this even too in, in, in Palenque, you know, the sarcophagus lid of Bacal, mm -hmm. you know, you see, you know, him coming out of the underworld and rising through the, um, the wakacha, the, the, the tree. The world tree and resurrecting and coming into and this is happening being reborn he has all these signs of the sun he's being reborn and it's it just you know so something i was just like oh and you see in the ceremonies that they're discussed it's like and i've noticed because i've experienced too where i tap into that and i get images of being reborn my mentors have taught wow. me this as well so it's it's just something that 
you know, through oral traditions that is still being carried on contemporary too. You know, my mentors who were two of them that lived in Yucatec, um, that lived in the Yucatan region all of their lives, spoke Yucatec Mayan. And then my other two mentors that identified themselves in Nahuatl traditions and mm-hmm. Yucatec Mayan that they still had these understandings, you know? So I look at that and the, the, also the understanding of mourning, you know, they still do mourning rites, right? You know, sunrise. Yes. The sunrise where there's divination, where you're being told what they're creating your path. Yeah. You know, they're still doing this of, you know, creating and seeing this and it's, it's still being done to, to this day. You know, we have a villa over in Isaman and um, we have a couple, you know, we have, of course we have people there and they tell us about their traditions. And it's just amazing that a lot of these beliefs, of course, there's nuance, there's nuances throughout, but you see threads of that, of, yeah. of creation of movement with morning and, um, and then with sunrise and then with morning of, of being something that is healing, you know, cause a lot of things, a lot of people do a lot of things that they, they start cleaning, they start organizing their house, they start organizing and making way for their day, you know, and in the new, and even their, their eating, their eating habits reflect that as well. You know, the, the, the largest meal of the day is eaten at noon. You know, that's, that's when you're in power. Yes, exactly. Energize your your body. Um, And it's still practiced to this day. It's, it's just amazing. You know, it's um, because that was, that was also the time where it was believed that the sun released sacred essence, energy, soul energy, revitalized us, animated us. Um, And that's, so that's the, the, the energies that are coming up from the sun and it's nuanced in that way. And then you have the afternoon that's believed that it's associated with spiritual wisdom. When you're releasing, when you want clarity, you want to release that confusion. And it's associated with the elders, with the yeah. ancestors. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I was thinking about you and I was really looking at, um, looking is not the right word. When I was kind of leaning into the energy of your journey, and I was thinking without, of course, invading your boundaries on that, just saying right there. But <laughs> as I was doing that, I was really struck by, you know, the lineage of you, so to speak. And I don't know much about that, but I had a sense of it, if that makes sense. And, you know, the great grandmothers for me and my introduction to them, of course, not understanding anything about it but they the messaging stays with you and it doesn't matter how many times i take myself out it doesn't matter what part of the world it is could be the high desert in california not very far from here it could be yakima across washington or it could be peru or it could be mexico it doesn't matter the idea of having a new sense of self is so profoundly awakening and and it's hard to explain you know when people say to me why do you want to do this again why do you want to go out to a place for 10 days two weeks maybe spend six days with just water watch the sunrise make a circle i mean this is the way just right and you don't have words for it except when i come back they watch my life see they watch my life Probably they watch your life. They see how you're showing up in the world. And I, I, I want to talk about that because 
this is talking about tapping into and working with those energies, you know, working with the energy of the sun and the night sun and the moon. And one of the things for me, and this is my question for you, is I've always been struck by, and you talk about it in the book a little bit, you know, under the midnight and pre-dawn. And so that part of the cycle for me, when I'm sitting at about 7,800 feet and I'm sitting in a circle that I've closed and I'm visited by lizards and I've just fought for an inch on a ledge, I'm a ledge person too, with a rattlesnake and I'm sitting there and you know it's midnight and you know you're waiting for that. There's something extraordinary about that time for me. And I wonder how this relates to individual people. There's so much that you share. And I wondered how people individually are affected by these different energies. My friends just think I'm weird. They just think that is weird. I would have never picked that time of day, Pat. (laughs) Well, you know, those are... um... Those are believed times where we have intersections with the non-ordinary realms. And those are oftentimes where we, most of us, not all of us, but most of us are sleeping. And we, some of us are in ceremony and we're intentionally or consciously on some level interacting with the non-ordinary realms. And what I mean by the non-ordinary realms are, you know, some people call them the spirit realms. Yeah. The realms where we where we speak with um, deities, ancestors, um, those that have passed, just different spaces, different spaces that aren't necessarily seen by the um, naked eye. You know, they're felt. Sometimes felt. See- that's it. I was just hoping you would say they're felt, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and and sometimes we don't always have to have a ritual or we don't have to have a ritual the way others think about it. I have my own rituals, right? Um, But I feel like I'm in search of something, right? I feel like I'm in search of something. And so I wanna talk about, you know, the wisdom of your message and the wisdom of these rituals and practice because it's really unlike anything I'm able to explain to people but you do it so beautifully there is a wisdom and that wisdom isn't just for me as an individual there's a wisdom for the collective right I think there's many layers to that and one one thing that really I really wanted to impress and hopefully inspire is that we move forward in life and hopefully move forward in life where we no longer disassociate ourselves where this is my sacred practice this is my mundane practice right that we start treating life as sacred we start appreciating and being mindful of where we are at in our day and being aware of that there's different forces out there that are on our side that we can access, that we can tap into, that are there to help us, that are there to support us, that are there to love us on our journey. And that they don't necessarily, and that's what it, when in my book that I separate, you know, these different rides as being 
you know, practical ones and more elaborate ones, because I really want to impress upon people that it doesn't have to be, you know, you have to go out and make time for this because some people are generally very busy, right? You know, that could be simple as saying a mantra. Um, it could be something as doing a little breath work, you know, doing it for five minutes and connecting, you know, with your mind's eye, with the sun, with the moon, with those energies and treating our lives as something, as something sacred, beautiful, and something to be grateful for and cherished. You know, so I really feel that that's, that's a big part of the wisdom that I was hopefully trying to inspire people or intending to inspire people with. Leave yeah. People. And, and you did a beautiful job. I Thank mean, you. you know, for me, when I was reading through this so much, you know, Erica, there's so much that you put in the book, but it's all so beautifully laid out. And, and what I want to say to those of you listening, we'll make sure you have lots of information about the book and Erica. But one of the things I want to say is that you nailed it. Some of these are, what did you call it? The mundane. Therefore, those of us that in between a show, maybe we don't, I, maybe I don't have time to get my beautiful white sage that I picked from high on some mountain and, and, and do that ritual. I save that for about three in the morning. My neighbors don't like it. Um, but we can stop. We can access what you've so beautifully described. Um, what I would love to do is I'd love to take a minute and just let folks know, one, how do they get a copy of the book? How do they find out about you? And then when we come back, I want to talk about what the different energies can do for us. Is it an energy that I have to really look at certain fire energies? Is there something that would help me release whatever whatever detoxification of my mind, because these are some things I've learned. I'd love for you to talk about them and they're beautifully written in the book, but how do folks find out about you? So you can go to realizeyourbliss.com. Um, that's, that's, that's the easiest way. And I, you can see all my social media accounts there. Um, and of course I'm on a, I'm on Instagram, Erica dot, Buenaflora underscore Curandera. I'm on Facebook, but realizeyourbliss.com is probably the easiest way. And they can get my book um, through my publisher, Inner Traditions, or Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, yeah. and various other places. When we come back, we're going to talk about a couple things. First of all, for those of you out there that are thinking, wow, I can't do it. I'll never be able to do it. Um, I will just say this to you. As I stood one day many years ago, my first interaction, when I was asked by the shaman of the group, let me just say that about her, when I was asked to stand up and do a transformative dance, I'm shy, I'm an introvert. I can't even begin to describe what I felt like in that moment. And and I'm not going to describe what I felt like after because Eric has got it in her book. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www. 
www.divinelydrivenresults.com. Are you ready to invest in your best self? Join Sabrina Wright as she shares practical tools for creating joy and balance in your life every single day. Sabrina is here to help you become your greatest advocate and empower you to make decisions that will help you learn to live your best life. Live the good life, connecting your physical and spiritual self with Sabrina Wright every second Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. What would you do with the power of community? How do you create your own rituals? Tune in to Living Your Gifts with me, Susan Huff, Ancient Applications for Modern Times, the second Wednesday of each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Our lives begin with the stories we are told and the stories we tell ourselves. Storytelling is the key. To learn more about me, visit livingyourgifts.com. That's livingyourgifts.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the Maximum You. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Everybody, welcome back. Um, you know, welcome back. Sacred energies of the sun and moon. Erica, before we before we keep rolling, please let folks again know how they can find out about you. Also, about the traditions we're talking about today, um, as well as the book is available pretty much anywhere, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Just remind us one more time. I want to make sure everybody and Zach. I think you're putting up pictures of the book, right? Okay. There it is. Yes, I am. Okay, thank you, Zach. Um, but again, how do we get a hold of you? We want to just like follow you around. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> so realizeyourbliss.com. And I also have a lot of uh, virtual classes. Well, especially right now. I mean, that's yeah. I'm offering my classes all virtual. <laughs> but they're going to be continued as virtual. So, um, and I also have online classes. And I was, yeah. So realizeyourbliss.com. You can find everything there. Everything there. Yeah. So when do you think, no, I was going to, but this is a true question. This is what they just told me to ask you. Why, why out of everything I could ask her, do you want to know this? Um, but curiously, you know, these are journeys that we're talking about where people will go out in the world and experience. I mean, I, I went out in the world to experience some of the things I'm sharing. 
you know, we can't go out there now, but I don't want people to think we can't experience the journey. But I do want to know, when are we going to be able to go out there again? And because I'm ready, it, you know how you know inside when it's time to get back to that part of yourself, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I'm past due. I'm just past due. I am like a mother carrying a 13 month old baby. So I need to get I need to get back to what my heart is. But one of the things, too, that I wanted to ask you about is there's so much in what you share here. And there's so much in respecting what you share here. And I have to tell you that for somebody like me, and I shared a little bit about where I grew up, the respect I have for these traditions it's hard to explain. I can't explain it to my friends. There's nothing that I could say, but you say it so beautifully. And I wanted to ask you this question. Let's talk about what some of some of the morning rites perhaps are, what some of these are. What can we do to nurture ourselves today? What would you go to if I said, what do you think the most powerful thing would be? for us to step forward and practice today out of here. And if you want to buy me a ticket to go, I, I'm, I can go, I can go. You just tell me where to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it really, it, it reflects on what we need. You know, what we need, because there's, you know, like for example, revitalization has so many different dimensions, right? And creation has so many different dimensions. So. As far as the divination um, work in the sunrise, we can start out like, let's say today, I maybe somebody wants to find a new job and they, they maybe they, they have a tarot card deck and they pick a card and they like what they, they got in their deck and they put it on their altar. They connect with the sunrise, the energies of the sunrise, and they envision themselves getting the call or getting the email, you know, of great news and something that's ideal, something that's mm. wonderful and connecting with the sun at the same time with that. Or it could be something that I, I usually do. I usually do my, um, my banyos, which are spiritual baths in the morning. So what I doing, I was doing three days last week, you know, every, every, I do this beautiful ritual, uh, where I, I put, um, these different herbs together and I put very concentrated teas into a bath and I put Epsom salt, I put crystals in there, I put oils in there, florid water, and it's an opportunity for me to heal, to cleanse yeah. my own body. Mm -hmm. You know, and I do that in the morning and afterwards I feel fantastic. You know, so it's it's something that um there's so many different things that we can do in there depending on what you need. You know, because every day we might need something different. Yeah. You know, and go ahead. But I think what you just said about every day we might need something different. You know, this is so true, isn't it? You know, people just look. So a lot of times, what happens? I'll say something like that. But see, now I'm going to make make sure every one of my friends listens to this show, and I will say something like that, and they say that's because you're a quadruple Sagittarius that you need that kind of diversity. Well, maybe that's true, but I also have my moon in Capricorn, but I, I, I don't you, don't you think, and this is what I get from what you've written and certainly from your work. And, and now 
actually being part of your energy here today, every day there may be something new that wants to be revealed to us, right? Absolutely. Or every day, maybe there's something new that we need to cleanse. Now, Absolutely. you fell off a cliff. I got a mystery disease. And even then, I was given these beautiful blessings of learning about this. See, I wasn't quite there even after my experiences in 97, 98, 99 in California, because I went to school in California. My mentor was in California, all of that, right? Didn't quite get it. But there was something about that next leg of the journey where I was absolutely going to have to embrace a side of myself that scared me to death. <laughs> She's laughing. But because this allows us to realize how powerful we really are. And sometimes getting a glimpse of that scares us, doesn't it, a little bit? And we oh, need yeah. these rituals, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, it's something that... <sighs> it's helpful to have more synchronicities in our life. You know, it's just confirmations that we're on the right path. You know, when we're not on the path that we need to be on, it's, it's a little nudge towards something. And, you know, a lot of times too, when we're doing, when we're, and people ask me this too, it's like every now and then people would be, um, you know, they come to me, they're, they're in a, They've been going through a very difficult time and then they start doing better and they're, they're feeling better and they have a little bit of a moment of something comes back to them and they get scared. It's like, oh no, I don't want the depression to come back. I don't want those things to come back. And it, I said, it's okay. The thing is that you have to understand is that there's rights to support us in this and at the same time those parts of us are coming back because we're ready to work with them. We're ready to work with them. So that's when we embrace them and their ceremonies there to support that healing, that mm -hmm. love, that tenderness that we need for ourselves to give to ourselves. And when we need to feel like we need to be in our power, mm -hmm. you know, for noon that there's um, very simple breathwork exercises that I have facial mudras that I have in there and different things that we can do to help us be in our power when we feel like we haven't been in our power. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I got to tell you, I, there's so much I could talk with you about. Um, and I want folks to know that about the book. I mean, you know, and it's interesting the way you've written the book, at least this is my take on it. The, the first part of the book is just jammed with, you know, this is what could happen. This is what we could do. This is the ritual of it. You know, this is about fire. This is the sacred space of transform transformation. Or my friends would say, not transformation, Pat, transmutation, because I was always in charge of some aspect of fire in these. I never understood it. My mom died in a fire. Um, and, and I, and, and it was the oddest thing, Erica, because it doesn't matter what journey I went on, what part of the country or part of the world or who I did it with and what I did, even when I was in a program help helping youth for nine months out of all the people, could you be in charge of the fire and making the rocks hot, hot for the sweat lodge? 
then I'm in the sweat lodge. Now you're in the sweat lodge. Could you make sure you keep pouring the water? So that's your job, right? And I learned early on when somebody says, you're called to do this, even though like I didn't hear anybody call me to do the fire. Even though you're called to do it, you do it. But in the book, you talk about fire and you talk about uh, transmutation. I want to ask you about that because I have found for me, as afraid of fire as I am, it has been a core thing for my change, my transformation and growth. So there's different ceremonies that I talk about this. Yeah, you do. um, One of them is when we do a white fire Olympia right? That's one of that I have that is something to transmute energies. Um, When we want to release something. And for example, this could be something that could be done in the afternoon is to connect because that that was a time where it was believed that the ancestors, the wise women, the warrior women are carrying the sun to the West. So, you know, his journey goes into the underworld. And it's a time where we can write something out of, of what is it that we're releasing? What is it that, you know, make something. And I encourage people to have a list that's like, okay, you have one list, what you're releasing and what are you going to do in place of it? What are you going to welcome in, in place of it? So in that is to release into the fire of, I let go. You, you proclaim it, you put it into a pot, the white fire Olympia, it's Epsom salt, alcohol, herbs, and you connect with the fire, you connect with the herbs and you transmute that energy, that energy, you make it into a lighter substance. So that's something that you connect with the elements of fire in, and you thank the fire, you thank the sun yeah. and everything with that. Yeah. And the ancestors, that it's something that's beautiful releasing and all that is will help you to gracefully release it. Yeah. It's power beyond our words. You know, you come from traditions that, you know, are so much a part of you and you speak of them so beautifully. I mean, you know, your representation of what seems to be such a mystery for people is really exquisite. And I was really looking forward to speaking with you, right? Um, And now I understand why, why I was so insistent, you know, to have you come on the show because the energy of what you're speaking about, everyday people can use it to transform everyday global energies as well. And I'd forgotten this, Erica. I mean, I really did. And I want to take a moment to talk about something that we hear a lot about in astrology, right? We, the moon. Must talk about the moon for a moment. Talked a bit about sunrise and noontime. But I want to talk about the moon. And so a friend of mine said to me, what happened to you, Pat? Patty, what happened to you? And I said, it's nothing happened to me. Used to be like the full moon goddess. Now, all of a sudden, you're like the queen of the new moon. Like it's new moon everything on your show. You're talking new moon, new moon, new moon and cancer, new moon, new moon. Why aren't you talking about the full moon again? And I said, I don't not like the full moon. I love the full moon. And I said, to be honest with you, I don't really know what's up with that. So what's up with that? I ask you. <laughs> so, you know, it's something that, um, that, you know, just visually, and, th- and this was reflected to in their rites and their practices that new moon was reflected as a new period. 
you know, they brought in new uh, rulers and they actually, they actually reflected this in their buildings too, that the energies reflected and they created um, light and shadow plays with the moon that mm. reflected onto, you know, a, a new, a new leader, a new ruler coming into being on the new moon. So creating mythologies around the stars with that too. So it's something that is opening up to something new, to something beautiful, to something wonderful. And then, um, and this is, I mean, just so, I can go into so many of the mythologies in that, but-, but just Let me get, tell you something. You've got a full 10 minutes, go for it. <laughs> so, um, so the, the, you know, so, so the new moon is, is something that is reborn something mm. that was identified as, and it's also identified when they would have um, children, you know, be a part of this too, because it was something that was young. It was something the young maiden or the young, the young gentleman that would bring in as representatives because it was believed that they had a stronger connection with the non-ordinary realms as well. And then the waxing was something that was increasing. It was something that was full, that was, um, increasing and expanding energies, you know, it could be also something that was reflected as, you know, uh, somebody that was possibly pregnant, you know, and the moon being pregnant, the mm. moon taking on, um, you know, connecting with different stars, with different moons, with different planets, with, you know, just expanding her, his or her energies. And, you know, it depends also, too, if there was an eclipse, too. And I'll talk about that in a second, too. Oh, yeah, boy. Talk about that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So the um, so that's that's the waxing. And then the full moon was something that was bringing into com completion. Hmm. You know, and that was reflected in when, you know, there was, um, you know, that there was something done with, with a, a shaman or a ruler, that there was something that was that was that was completed. You know, that there was going to be completion and then the waning was something decreasing because that's when the waning is decreasing. So you can see it visually there and they interpreted that with their ceremonies and their rites and how they honored people too. And what was very interesting is their representations in genders of the moon. Right, right. Uh, because, you know, we're, we're coming from a perspective from where um, they didn't have uh, binary genders, you know, they didn't necessarily have just male and female. Right. Uh, so you have these different understandings and genders of the moon as well. You know, that, and that's something that, that depending on what was needed, you know, so for example, if there was a time where it was something that was transformative, something that needed to be done, maybe there was a plague, maybe there was a, a pand uh, you know, some kind of a, you know, a disease. Yeah. Like a pandemic. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. That's what you were going to say. I'm right there with you, but because these were, these were very natural, just like we're talking these, these, there wasn't like, Oh my God, what do we do? There was like a natural knowing that's it. It was a natural knowing. Right. Yeah. Right. So when you needed something that was transformative, that's when you brought in the third gender deities. Mm -hmm. That's when you brought in, you access the, the energies of the moon in her representation, her, 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 his representation. And it could be animal too. Yes. Right. Their representation. You right. know, whatever pronoun you want to use is with their representation of transformation because they needed something. Cause it was a space that was 
liminal, ambiguous, and it was very sacred as well. Mm. There were very sacred powers in that as well. And that's also why I also reflect in my book is the um, accessories and the, the, the costuming and the, the face paint, everything in that too, because there's a lot of people that um, they may be in the LGBTQ community that um, right. they, they, they have been shamed for dressing and, and not in their way, their, 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 their Western society is like, you're a man, so you're supposed to dress like a man. Exactly. They're dressing in different ways. Right. Maybe they're dressing, you know, not necessarily just as a female, but something that's more um, gregarious. Mm-hmm. And this is something maybe that, that they've tapped into that they've done made in another lifetime yeah. because they were involved in these rites as well. So it depends on what, what access, because the moon is magical. Mm-hmm. The moon is magical. So if you wanted magical energy, you would definitely have shamanic performers that were in their third gender costuming. Yeah, I totally relate to that. I'm part of that community and I totally relate to it. And so I didn't quite understand it the way you just described it. But for me and, you know, not my first, not my first journey, my second journey, that was my role. And I have to tell, I have to say that sometimes things seem scary. Sometimes they seem unusual. And then we participate. At least I'm speaking for myself. And there is, you could see in my, my second journal, what I write is something like I nearly froze to death in the month of July in the high desert after a 115 degree day and all I could think about is my other self and I write this in there and one of the things that I that I love about what you're sharing here today is and this is really for me and I hope you'll come back because I really wanted to talk to you about dream work but I knew if I started it (laughs) <laughs> it would be a bigger conversation. I, I would love for you to come back and, and talk about the dream work part of this or the dreaming part of this. But the thing I want to ask you about is these, these experiences, these rituals, you know, this lineage, these great grandmothers, great grandfathers, these connections that we have. And I believe we do all have them. I, do, I really do believe we all do. I mean, I'm an example of a girl from the Bronx. So I'm telling you, for me, once they got inside me, I was, could not go back. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think when you're talking about the moon, I feel the same way. There's, there's movement forward and we can't go back. Is that part of the mystery? Yes. You know, I'll just share this quick little story, this quick little, if there's just a couple minutes. Yeah. yeah you, you've literally got four minutes, plenty of time. Okay, good. So um, one time when I was uh, down in the Yucatan, I was down, um, I was down in, in, it was like Tulum area, Puerto Aventuras. It was, this is my first mentorship period. And I woke up and I was told, you have to do a full moon Temascal tonight. It was like, I didn't even know it was a full moon. I wasn't really following at that time because it was like early time. And this is not time when I was actually in law school. So I was, I was. I, you know, somebody asked me, it's like, how did you find your mentors the first time around? Because they're having a hard time finding mentors, finding other curanderics. And I just said, you know, I didn't even know I was looking for them. <laughs> but then when I found them, oh, that's what I was looking for. Right. 
it was it was it was you know it was like the universe was like you're supposed to be here right <laughs> so i woke up and i said you know you're, and i heard you know you're, you're supposed to be in a full moon a uh, sweat lodge tonight and i said oh okay so i look and it's like yeah it's the full moon <laughs> so so i'm i'm driving i don't know where i'm going and i'm asking around just you know the locals where i'm at it's like oh does anybody know about Damascal? and i was chill just get in the car and drive okay you know, because I, I was having moments where I started listening. You know, I would listen. I was mm. listening. So I was listening, especially when I was down there in my mentorship time. That's when I really just let myself trust, you know. Yeah. And I, I was just in my car and I and I saw a little, you know, it looked because I know what the mascots look like. And it was on this, um, it looked like a private, like, townhouse kind of area. Like, you know, but the, the gates were open. Yeah. So I went in there and I said, oh, you know, is there going to be at the mascots tonight for the full moon? And they said, well, we didn't have one planned. And the gentleman who runs at the mascots happened to be there at that time. Wow. Overheard me and said, well, we don't have anything planned tonight, but if you get people to come, you know, I'll hold one. And then there was a lady from two ladies from New York that happened to be there as well, overheard me and <laughs> said, oh, oh, you know, I'll join. And then there was another gentleman from Detroit because it was a, like an Airbnb, kind of like a shared yeah. community, like, you know, uh, like townhome situation. And um, there was another gentleman who said, oh, I'll come too. And then, you know, the the, the, the gentleman who, um, you know, the, the shaman who leads the, the mascot says, well, I don't have the herbs and I don't have time to go get them. I said, what do you need? I'll go get them for you. Wow. And it was, I mean, even finding the place where they, they sold the mercado, where they sold, sold the herbs. Um, I was driving there and so anyway, I, I go have the Temascal and I'm walking around and I have, I go get the herbs. I'm walking down the street and I'm looking, I'm just, you know, I have time to kill, so to speak, you know, before that night. And I find this little shop and I find it and I see this, um, it's, it's a medicine bundle and it's a medicine bundle of the Maya calendar. Mm. Wow. And I had seen one earlier that week and it was, it was about maybe yay, yay big. It was about yay big. It was, it was large. It was large. And I saw one that was like a quarter of a size that was about $75 in a shop earlier that week. And I saw it and I saw this one, this was like five times as big. And I had $10 in my pocket and maybe some change, but I looked at it and I started remembering what the glyphs mm. meant. I started remembering what the alignments, I started knowing what the calendar meant. And I looked at the lady who ran the shop and I said, I know what I started telling her what that glyph meant. And I was like, this is when this happens. And I'm just so excited. My face is like lit up. <laughs> and I looked at her and I was like, how much is this? And she looks at me and she looks at me like, how much do you have? Oh! And I'm like reaching out for my pocket, like getting change and getting orders. Oh. And I had like $10 and I had change. And she looks at me, she's like, it's yours. And I'm like, thank wow. you. So the next day, you know, I, I take it with me to the Temazcal the next day. And this is back in the days when, um, this is back in the days where, the, now it's much more gentrified, this area. This is, there was one street where right. it was just all the shops. I went back to, to pay the lady what, what it was, the medicine bundle was worth. You know, because I know this is what, yeah. this is how they make a living. Yeah, yeah. So I went up and down the street, that shop, was nowhere to be found. And I asked all the locals, where is this shop? And I described it and they're looking at me like, no, no. And I looked at it and I knew that that was- Oh my gosh. I, I just was like- Oh my God. 
I know. Eritha, you got to come back, all right? 